To all of you who feel you're victims of false advertising, I do apologize. However, I will attempt to do my best to fulfill the obligation of the, that the word of the Lord puts upon us. Thank you, Pastor Riggin, Sister Riggin, for all of your kindness. To me as just a young man, I come in the name of my Father and with greetings in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. So glad to be here. So glad to feel the presence of the Lord. Are you hungry to hear from the Lord today? I know I am. In every service, I want to get something from God. What does the Lord have to say to us? Amen, amen. If you wouldn't mind standing with me, we're going to turn in our Bibles to the book of Exodus, chapter 3, and verse number 13. You found that also turned to Matthew 28, verse number 18. Exodus chapter 3 and verse number 13 says, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I am come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The Lord of the Lord God of you. I'm sorry, saying to them, the God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? Verse 14, and God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Matthew 28, verse 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power in heaven and earth. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Could you lay your Bibles down and could one more time, we love the Lord together. Ask the Lord to anoint his word and to help us. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We praise your holy name. Can we praise him together? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I love you. I bless your holy name. I praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. As far back as you can go in history, you will always see a people who were longing to worship some sort of God. Oftentimes they resorted to something called polytheism and they would worship many gods. They worshiped a god for the sun, a god for the moon, a god for the stars, a god for harvest, a god for the water, a god for a river, a god for anything that you can think of. They had a separate and individual god. It did not appear to their mindset that there was any other god that could do two things maybe at once. They did have supreme gods, but they each held a different job and task and function. Then God called Abraham out of Earl the Chaldees, and he sought for a city that hath foundations, which built, whose builder and maker is God. And he was looking for a place, and God was calling him to a promised land. We know the story of how his people ended up in Egypt. And while they were there, there was a young man born in secrecy by the name of Moses. And he was out in the wilderness after circumstances that he had caused had sent him there. And God was talking to him. God 
provided a burning bush and it did not be con- it was not consumed and Moses said I will turn around turn aside and see this and he turned and he looked and God spoke to him out of that burning bush and God said I have heard the cry of my people you see this was a distinct people they were separate from all the world around them they were monotheist they believed in only one God they didn't have any other gods that they believed and they believed that one God can do all things imagine that one God that has all the power in heaven and earth to do everything I serve a God like that today the people of that world the Egyptians had every God you could think of the Greeks were another people that were so superstitious in that old world mindset that they literally had a God for everything. And even when they could not think of a God, just in case they missed something, they'd put a tomb up to an unknown God. They actually said that the way that they would find those places to unknown gods is they would release sheep. And wherever that, sh- that sheep would lay down was a place that they would build a memorial and say, this is to the unknown God. They were so superstitious that any kind of God that they could get a hold of, they wanted to know about. They wanted to learn about. And even the saying is attributed to them that he who worships the gods makes them. It was not that there was a true God, but that they wanted something and fulfilled it with every possible imagination. But these Israelites, these children of Jacob, they stayed true to their identity and true to the fact that they only served one God. They served that one God, and that one God indeed became their deliverer from Egypt. That one God indeed delivered them, and they would sing songs of praise over and over to him. They, in fact, called him a holy God, and the word holy literally means one. It cannot be three and be holy. It has to be one and be holy. They knew that you only serve one God. They knew, Deuteronomy 6 and 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our our God is one Lord. They knew that. They knew that there was only one true God. And they served that Jehovah. They knew that their one true God had the power to defeat anything that came against them. When those Egyptians chased them and pursued them across the Red Sea, those water walls came tumbling down on top of them, and they were drowned in the sea while the Israelites were delivered by their one true God. When they were hungry in the wilderness, their one true God provided manna. Their one true God provided quail. Their one true God delivered them from every enemy that rose up an army against them because they served one true God when they were fighting in battle that one true God caused the sun to stand still so that they could win that battle and have the victory that one true God prepared a land that flowed with milk and honey that preserved them that kept them that caused so many miracles to be done and so much power to be demonstrated by that one true God They served one true God. They had so many names for him. The only name that he would give them is I am that I am. Basically, he was saying, I am everything. I am not just for the sun or for the moon. I am not just for the water or for the grass. But I am that I am. I am everything to you, Israelites. I am everything that will keep you preserved and keep you safe and keep you strengthened. I am your God in battle. I am your God in preservation I am your God in war your God in peace I am that I am he said you don't need to tell them that a certain God sent them they'll know when you say that it was the I am that one true God that I am 
to worship him, to praise his attributes. They assigned so many different names to him. Jehovah, Adon, Kel, Haretz, Lord of the earth. Jehovah Bara, Lord creator. Jehovah Tassai, Lord my strength. Jehovah Cherub, Lord the sword. Jehovah Eli, Lord my God. Jehovah Elon, Lord most high. Jehovah Gador, Mekama mighty in battle. Jehovah, and it meant Lord our defense. Then they had Lord my redeemer. Lord king. Lord my judge. Lord king forever. Lord saves. Lord my provider. Lord my glory. Lord my jealous God. Lord the horn of my salvation. Lord my sanctifier. Lord my refuge. Lord my shield. Lord my fortress. Lord my deliverer. Lord my high tower lord my sanctifier the lord who smites jehovah my banner lord my shepherd lord my healer lord of hosts lord my rock lord my peace lord my present lord my righteousness lord my strength lord my savior lord my strength lord is with you lord strong and mighty oh lord my light lord my strength in trouble he said i am your God for everything that you need. I'm your God in strength. I'm your God in weakness. I'm your God that keeps you and protects you. I'm the God that watches over you. He said you don't need a God of wood or of stone or of gold. You serve the one true living God. The reason you don't have a name for that one God is he is everything that you need. Anything that you need, you can apply that name to him because he is the Jehovah. Everything to you. I am that I am. Amen. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. The fact is, is that this Jehovah, who was the God of the Israelites, there was not necessarily, there was, they could come. There were many Gentiles that did come, but there was not an easy way of salvation. There was not a very simple way. You had to follow strict rituals. You couldn't eat this. You could only eat this. You couldn't do this. You had to do an offering for this, an offering for that. But everything in that law of that Jehovah pointed forward. Everything you ever read in your Old Testament, you say, well, we apply everything because we know Jesus. No, they knew there was a Messiah coming. All the scripture pointed forward to that Messiah that was coming. And in fact, that one true God, he said in Isaiah 43 and 11, I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. And Luke 2 and verse 11 says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He said, I am your Savior. And when Jesus was born, he was uh, their Savior. There was no other Savior. There wasn't two Saviors uh, that came to this world and protected us. Uh, there was only one God. 
and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God, that Savior, was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. That one true God robed himself in flesh and came and died for the sins of mankind. For there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Jesus came. It wasn't an easy price that he paid. He sinned not. And he carried all of our sins with the stripes upon his back. We were healed. And he carried our sins up on that cross to Calvary. And he died for our sins. And he rose again on the third day. And maybe some would try to steal that victory from the I am. But I personally refuse to do that. Because I know that there's only one God. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, mine elect, I have even called thee by name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. He said in the Bible, we quoted already, but hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. There is one body and one spirit. Even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. There's only one God, and his name is Jesus. There's only one God, and he came, and he died for my sins. When you say Jehovah, you're not worshiping another God. You're worshiping God manifest in the flesh. It's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's only one God. You can never live for God, actually, if you don't know from the bottom of your heart that there's only one God. You can't serve a true God if you're serving him in three directions. There's only one God. He said, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. What is that name? It's Jesus. What is that name? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. We're not saved by any other name. It's still Jehovah. It's still Jehovah. The Lord has become my salvation. We know that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. 
But then you skip down to verse 14 and it says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now God said that he wouldn't share his glory with another. That's he doesn't have to. That's still God. When you see Jesus, you've seen the Father. It's God manifest in the flesh. It's God manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit. He was fully God and fully man. Fully God and fully man. People will question. They will say, Yes, that's Jesus. But he doesn't take care of us like he took care of the Jews. They'll say, oh yes, that Old Testament is wonderful and I believe it's only one God. But that was to the Jews. That wasn't to us. The Apostle John wrote an apostle. He wrote this apostle a long time. He wrote it a long time. They wrote this gospel, rather. He wrote it a long time after Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension. He wrote it. And you could almost say that maybe Mark wrote his to the, or Matthew wrote his to the Hebrews. And Mark wrote his about action and miracles and the works of Jesus. And Luke wrote his to the Gentiles. But then who does that leave John? I guess maybe you could say that John wrote his to the church. And he knew these things. He knew that they needed someone they could hold on to. He knew that Jesus had been everything to those disciples uh, and he knew uh, that he was everything to us still. Uh, in John 6 and 35 he records it where Jesus said I am the bread of life. Uh, in John 7 37 he said if any man thirst uh, let him come unto me and drink. Uh, in John 8 and 12 he said I am uh, the light of the world. Uh, in John 8 58 uh, he said before Abraham was uh, I am. In John 9 and 5 he said I I am the light of the world. In John 10 and 7, he said, I am the door. He said it again. In John 10 and 9, I am the door. In John 10 and 10, he said, I am come that you might have life. In John 10 and 11, he said, I am the good shepherd. In John 10 and 30, he said, I and my father are one. In John 11, 25, he said, I am the resurrection. In John 12, 46, he said, I am come a light into the world. In John 14 and 6, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. In John 14 and 10, he said, I am in the Father, and the Father in me. In John 15 and 1, he said, I am the true vine. And in John 18 and 5, he said, I am he. That's the I am that we serve. It's Jesus. Whatever you need, you find it in Jesus. Whatever you lack, you find it in Jesus. Bring him your hungry, your broken life. Bring him problems so big you can't solve them. And the I am is here to answer. The I am is here to solve them. Take someone's life where they were addicted to drugs and alcohol and the I am comes and breaks every chain, looses every bond. It's the I am. It's the I am. We don't serve a God of wood or stone. We serve the same God that they served in the Old Testament. He's the I am. He's the I am. 
There's healing in the I am. I've seen it over and over and over again. I watched a man with an ankle so broken, so twisted. And it was wrapped in a bandage and it was this big. He had just done it that day. And service was going along and the, the man of God preached a powerful message about everything that God gives us. And they prayed. They put their hands on that ankle and they prayed. And all of a sudden I watched as that ankle began to shrink. Those crutches fell, and all of a sudden that young man went across the front of the sanctuary shouting and praising God. I watched a lady come up and say, I can't hear in this here. And they prayed, and immediately she fell out in the spirit, and her hearing was completely whole. I watched a girl in our, in our school. She came. Her eye was red as can be. It was pulsing. It was beating. It hurt so bad. A big knot swelled up uh, just behind her ear. And she said, I don't know what to do. It hurts so bad. It's been hurting for days. I've got to go to the hospital. But we prayed before that happened. And we prayed and asked God that he would be faithful to his word and faithful to his promises. Can I tell you that that redness was gone? Can I tell you that that bump uh, swelled, swelled down to nothing and it was completely gone? Why? Because we serve a living God. We serve the I am. We serve the way, the truth, and the life. If you need a healing, you can trust the I am. You don't have to depend on all these doctors and all these medicines and prescription drugs. You have an I am. I am your healer. I am your healer. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord. you need something from God now's the time to ask that wonderful I am Lord I believe help thou my unbelief you don't have to get laid on with hands you can just pray and God will heal you can just pray and God will work we serve a living God he's the I am he's the I am amen God bless you you may be seated There came Pastor Garrett, our pastor, prayed, my father prayed during our fast. We start off the year with a week of prayer and fasting. And he said, God, he said, I'm so hungry for souls. I'm so hungry for people to be saved. He started praying this way. He said, God, give us some people with lots of tattoos. God, give us people that smoke. God, give us some alcoholics. God, would you give us some drug addicts? God, if you give them to us, I promise we'll love them. And the whole church indeed prayed that way. The last night of that, of that service, the last night of that week, when we were breaking our fast with communion, there came a man walking through the door. He'd been there before. Big, strong, looks mean. His story, his father, when he was just an infant, would put drugs in his bottle just to get him to be quiet and go to sleep. And his mom complained and said, that's not right. So they settled and put alcohol in his bottle. He was raised from the time. He was a fully functioning drug dealer by the time he was 11. 
had his own route and did all his own things. And he grew up in a horrible and hard world. We'd seen him before. But he kind of passed on from God and said, oh, oh. He kind of loved the world too much. He loved the things too much. But he came and he brought Pastor a letter. And I don't know what all it contained, but I know this. He had a little baby girl. And he had a wife now. And he wanted something to change his life. Pretty soon he was living. He's been living now for about two or three weeks in pastor's office. You walk into pastor's office, and he doesn't smoke in there, but the office smells like cigarettes. You walk and talk to him, and you shake his hand. And he smiles, but he's so awkward. He doesn't know. And people would talk to him and he'd say, I don't want, no, don't, don't pray for me. Don't talk to me. Don't help me. I'll find God my own way. But pastor's been working on him. Pastor's been loving him and talking to him. And I sat there in the office and watched as he started crying. He said, you see, this man here is the only man that's ever loved me in my life. I, wa- I stood with him. I stood at the church Tuesday night and watched everyone. Pastor was still preaching. But that guy that was too proud to pray walked down to the altar, fell over the side of the altar, and just started sobbing and crying and heaving and praying. I stood with him after that service as he stood there and he took off his ring, put it away. As he took out his cigarette packs and broke them and crushed them and threw them all away. Something he would not ever give up. And I said, how can this be? Someone that seems so hard and so resistant and pushed so far away from God. How could that ever happen? It's because he came in contact with an I am that was his savior. He came in contact with a God who loved him. With a God who cared about him. With a God who decided I want to die for his sins. He didn't come to go for the rich or for the proud. He didn't come for us when we were in our suits and our ties and we felt so great but he found us when we were so lowly and he said I am your salvation he said I am I am I am I am sometimes we want to depend on our own hands we're having trouble at work or trouble in life and we don't know what to do can I tell you if you would just run to Jesus everything will be alright he already promised he would never leave you nor forsake you you serve an I am that is capable of restoration you serve an I am that loves you that cares about you that died for your sins you serve an I am that's risen that gave you the opportunity to be saved Peter told the men on the day of Pentecost he said he told them they'd crucified the Lord and they said oh men and brethren what shall we do to be saved and all he said unto them when he said repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said, for the promise is unto you, and it's also to your children, and all to are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. He came to love us. He came 
to care about us. He came and died for our sins. I think it's time that we rely on that I am. I think it's time that we stop trying to carry everything with our own two hands and recognize you serve an I am that is able you serve an I am that has all power in heaven and earth. You serve an I am that can save your soul. Could we stand together? Could we love the Lord together? Oh, thank you, God. Would you call upon that I am today? Don't be scared. Cast your cares upon him, for he careth much for you. You can give your burdens to Jesus. You can give your heart to Jesus. You can bear all to Jesus, and he'll answer. And he's quick. He's quick to answer us. He's quick to love us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. There was a book written by a man named William Manchester, and he wrote a book called Goodbye, Darkness. And in it is his memoirs of fighting in the Pacific during World War II. And he talks in there about the grief and the struggle, the sleepless nights and the hard times that he faced, how he'd be disturbed and frustrated and say, why me? Why did all my friends die? And I was spared alive. He said, why me? Look at all the death and destruction. Friends that never came home because they died on a battlefield. And he suffered with it. He fought with it. He carried it. It was grief. Everything he did was marked. It was marked by those things. It was marked by those memories. But finally he made up his mind that he was going to go back. He was going to go back to those islands and he was going to see just what had he gone through. He was going to go back to those battlefields and see the places where he was so scared. He was going to go back and see the places where his friends had died. And he went back. And when he confronted those horrible memories, then it seemed that he just found peace. And he was able to leave it alone. There are things that every one of us carry. Things that happened in childhood. Things that happened in adulthood. People who did us wrong. Things that we went through and suffered. Friends that have left us. Family members who have died. Tragedies that have happened that you can't even explain. And somewhere we hold them. We never let them go. We carry it with us. Everywhere you go. You see, they're carrying their burden. You can see it where it's evident that it weighs on us. And it holds us down. And we lift our hands, but they can only go so far. Because it's, why, God? Why? Why me? But know that you serve an I am who died for your sins. And you can cast all of your cares on him. For he careth much for you. And you can release the 
those things to God. You can release those things in his presence. You can lay them at an altar. And an I am with nail prints in his hands will love you. And I am with a spear wound in his side with stripes on his back will care about you. You don't have to carry them anymore. You serve an I am who loves you. You serve an I am who cares about you. I've seen so many people and they destroy themselves uh, with bitterness, with grief. No, I can't tell anyone. No, I can't do this. I, I can't go through it. I hate life. I hate people. I can't stand it anymore. And it drives them mad and it drives them crazy. But if they would only give it to Jesus and come to an altar, everything could be made right. That's your I am that you serve. That's your I am that cares about you. Would you like to come to the altar? Let's come to the altar together and let's love God. Let God love you. He's the only one who cares for you. He's the only one that ever died for you and gave his life for you. It's only Jesus who can satisfy your soul. It's only Jesus who loves you and gave his life so that you might have life more abundantly. Can you give it to Jesus today? Would you give it to Jesus today? Don't hold it in. Let the I am. Let the I am.